Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm your Jenny Flexer, Roger. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Wednesdays, we share our faith and work out these three perspectives from our culture. what I call Christian genuflecting. Christian genuflexing. I'm sorry. I can't talk today. Oh, brother Brandon. I'm sorry. It's been a while since we've recorded an episode and the episode you come on, I can't even talk. So it just, everything works out <laughs> good. So brother Brandon, okay. father Brandon, how have you been doing? Great to have you back on the episode. Yeah. Thanks Roger. Great to be back with the genuflexers. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm here now. And I think last time we recorded, I was in Denver. Now I live in Colorado Springs, mm. uh, Colorado. So I'm working with our postulants, our men in their first year of formation. And I'm helping, uh, at our parish and our confession ministry. Um, and yeah, I've been good. I, summer was great. Um, I got to visit my mom, got to take some, a little retreat time. So yeah, life's a blessing. So how's that real quick? How was that transitioning happening? Cause now you're, you're part of like doing the confessions or teaching confessions or, or how is that part? How's that part going for mm-hmm. you? Uh, well, so we have, uh, I don't know if you know, they still have these things called malls because uh, <laughs> malls, you know, kind of everything, not everything, but most things, you know, people think about shopping these days. They mostly think Amazon. about online shopping and having stuff delivered. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They still have these big box stores called malls. Um, and we've been, uh, our Capuchin province, we've had a ministry, uh, in the Citadel mall in Colorado Springs for, uh, this November is going to be 20 years that we've been there. 20 years. Yeah. So if you walk in, uh, on the second floor of the mall, by the Burlington Coat Factory entrance, <laughs> you'll see you'll see the Catholic Center, and uh, you know we have volunteers who work the desk. Uh, sometimes the brothers work the desk too, but mostly other lay volunteers. And then uh, we have a nice chapel that I think seats about seventy-five or sixty. Um, wow. it's been more spaced out, obviously for COVID. But uh, and then we we have like two confessionals kind of right up by the front but now we've kind of moved most of that into the back to have like one big confessional with like six to ten foot social distancing but uh yeah it's really cool it's um a lot of people come there for confession and we're kind of like uh locally famous for that um that sounds it's just amazing. Not, like a lot of you know if you're local parish what you might have confession on Maybe Wednesday night from mm-hmm. six to seven, and Saturday from three to four. Yeah, uh, those can be difficult to get to for a lot of people. So we're there six days a week. And um, before COVID, we were confessions were from basically the mall hours, which is like eleven to eight p.m. Um, so it's been kind of scaled back recently. We've been doing two to seven p.m., but we're hoping to expand again in October. So, wow. That yeah, that's that, yeah. Because in confession times, it's only like an hour or so, and then you see a line of people. And then yeah. when I go to confession, then I get angry at myself because then I get mad 
that I'm waiting in line. And then, so I have to confess that too. Cause I'm like, I'm at confession <laughs> to, to beg for confession and be, you know, have a good, uh, good, yeah. good confession. And then I'm there being angry that there's so yeah. many people there and I'm like, Oh, I got to wait for an hour. You're telling me, you're yeah. telling me I got to wait more than, than 10 minutes to get my yeah. salvation and my soul saved. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so then I like get angry and I'm like, so that's great. I love that. But in that mall, I just want to know, I just want to know two things real quick. Um, one, yeah. Are there security guards on Segways, and is there a pretzel stand? That's <laughs> what I know. Those two things. Oh, actually, one more. Um, is there a non-denominational church that has set up on the first floor somewhere that you can hear? Because I've noticed that's a big thing in church, in malls now. Yeah. <laughs> There's like always like a non-denominational church going on in the mall or something. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Uh, to be honest with you, I have not uh, ventured around the mall to see i know there is a food court mm. uh i can't tell you if it has a pretzel stand <laughs> uh they do have security guards i have not seen them on segways oh. and uh to my knowledge uh no other christian denomination <laughs> has taken up a storefront in the citadel mall <laughs> i'm thinking of so. like paul blart mall cop i don't yeah. know if you've seen that movie it's yeah paul blart well, mall like cop, uh yeah. Colorado Springs is also like the land of like mega evangelical churches. Like oh. focus on the family is here, so they kind of have a lot of their own territory already. So, oh. um, but yeah, I wouldn't. I won't. Probably won't be long. Uh, well, if malls survive, I don't know. If they're yeah. a lot of them aren't doing. We have, like you know how the like the pillars of the mall, like these big box stores, like mm. they call like the pillars. So uh, one Penny's. of the pillars, yeah, one of the pillars is empty. At the Citadel mm. Mall, oh, so man. it's kind of like it's still active, but it's definitely not thriving like it was back in the day. So. And I love going to the mall. I still do. Like again, yes, yeah, there's a lot. Like Sears is no longer there, and people are moving mm-hmm. out. And but I do. And then uh, mall food for some reason it tastes better, yeah. even though it's more expensive. <laughs> right. It's more ex- it's, it's- it's more expensive though, right? yeah. yeah but it's fun i don't know why just like going in there yeah. and like oh let, let's go to get the samples of the chinese food or japanese food or american food or yeah. philly cheese steaks let's walk around and, Ooh, and like i love yeah. just like deciding what to get and then ended up just getting wendy's from inside the yeah. mall I'm like all this all this <laughs> thing and i'm like let's just get chick-fil-a or wendy's inside the yeah. mall. So, oh that was yeah. great it's, it's great to catch up on you again uh yeah. brother brandon but um so this topic is a faith oriented topic we're going to hit it from the faith side work that part out um this is the thing let me kind of lay it out a little bit um i kind of this is like the elevator pitch or the airplane ride pitch uh of one of the biggest pillars of of our the religion or faith or belief in jesus and god and and having that Mm -hmm. faith you know your spiritual journey and it's it's doubt and not feeling the presence of God or not seeing him and I'll kind of mm-hmm. flush it out a little bit and that way you can think. But, um, I've, I've heard this from, from someone was telling me recently and they were kind of like, you know, I'm going through suffering. I'm struggling. You know, I got these, these issues I'm dealing with, you know, and I'm, I do good some days, but then I struggle and they're like, but where is God? I don't. And these are the, the literally the exact words. I don't see God. I don't physically see him. I don't physically hear him like an audible voice. I don't hear him. I don't see him. Where is God? Where is God? And so that that resonated with me um, to hear that. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of got me starting to think about, you know, that focusing on that, obviously. But then also about just in general, you know, doubt. Because 
for me, it, the way I started it out uh, with my reversion about five five years ago or so, give give or okay. take around that time, um, I had like a, a like a, a really impact spiritual uh, experience. Uh, but then mm-hmm. I'm very analytical. I'm very, I'm a skeptic guy. And I'm like, I just don't want to believe this. It could be coincidence, whatever. So I need intellectually, is there a God? Is he real? And that's when I, I got into philosophy, theology, uh, Aquinas, mm-hmm. you know, the Summa Theologica, like all these, the the, the ways, the first way, the unmoved mover, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, God, his essence and existence are one and the same. I started getting, because it was, it was mm-hmm. very hard at first. I was like, what does that mean? What is what is potential and actuality mean? So I started digging mm-hmm. into them, read many books. There's like a really good quick book. If Some guys are like intimidated by, oh my goodness. Yes, I understand. When I first, I was like, what are you, what is this? And I remember my friend was listening to one, one, one time when we we're driving work to each other. And he's like, what are you listening to? Like, it's like my mind's boggled. Like, what does that even mean? And all this stuff. And I was like, no, it's, it's but, but it took me years to, finally get it and there's one good quick book i want to plug real quick it's very mm-hmm. simple and it's a dialogue it's called does god exist it's a, a, mm-hmm. a socratic dialogue and it was written by matt frad and robert delfino and it's mm-hmm. written as a conversation piece between uh, a, a lady who's a christian and then a fellow who's an atheist and it's a mm-hmm. coffee conversation it's very easy very simple Again, there's some things, there's even footnotes to tell you like what to what terms, like uh, Aristotelian terms from Aristotle that, that you need to know, like what is existence, actuality, potentiality, movement. Mm. What, what is it when we mean the unmoved mover? What is change? You know, all that stuff. Mm. So um, it's very easy to follow because it's written from a, a Socratic dialogue between two people. So they break mm. it down. So if anyone... Uh, is intimidated by philosophy or theology or doesn't really know uh, Aquinas or Aristotle or anything like that, Thomism, uh, they might want to check out that book, uh, Does God Exist, from Matt Fred and Robert Delfino. Uh, so so I went into it intellectually, and then when I found the arguments, whether it be the cosmological arguments, uh, whether it be um, any of the other ways of St. Thomas Aquinas, whether it be the argument for morality, was really uh, the the argument for contingency, which really struck with me hard. Really, um, all these other things, the, the 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 way the world is and set up. So intellectually, I really don't have any doubt at all about does God exist. That part intellectually, it's like how does God not exist? I've heard hours and hours of debates. Uh, William mm. Lane Craig, uh, uh, Trent Horn. I've heard so many debates from the top. Uh, atheists and Christian apologetics, the theist apologetics going at it. I've heard hundreds of hours by now. Um, mm-hmm. So I haven't, there's nothing I haven't heard uh, from atheists coming against God. Uh, so intellectually, it, it's it's pretty much ironclad. Like I have no doubt, but uh, there has been times in my life uh, within that five years or so, give or take reversion, that I've had like doubts, but not intellectually. Mm. It's more of a, like a what if I just hear like a not an audible voice but just like a you know what I mean like a silent like well what if what if there's no God and I just hear that what if you know what I mean and I'm like mm-hmm. and then what makes me go down is of course I pray but then also like I'm like wait no you you I go through the motions in my head I'm like no you know 
the arguments for God's existence, the classical theist arguments are rock solid. And then I'll go through them in my head. I'm like, you know, there is a God, of course. But again, I guess it's in an emotional <laughs> state when we're going through doubts or suffering or pain. Mm. I just, I'm like, what if, what if it, what if, you know? And I think sometimes people might feel guilty if they just every now and then just hear a voice to say, well, what if, what if there's no God? Mm. And I think that's very normal. I think that's very normal. I think people might, uh, so, like sometimes me take it too too much where I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I even had a little speck of doubt. Like how, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so th- those are two kind of things I want to touch on under the umbrella of of doubt is, again, uh, like that person told me, well, where is God? Uh, I don't I don't see him. I don't see him. Where is he physically? And then again, just a, a re- regular everyday Christian just having that what if. Wow, yeah. Um, and I said airplane conversation. I was like, an elevator pitch. That's a long elevator. Well, it's sure. like a hundred and some floors of elevator. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think what would, uh, well, there's a couple things like we could do just a kind of general thing, yes. but yes. it might, also might be helpful to like uh, set the stage, if you will, a little bit. Like, yes. um, you know, you say, so say I'm on an airplane mm-hmm. and somebody sits next to me. You know, so it just like because I think some of the answers might uh, differentiate a little bit, like mm-hmm. if the person had some connection to the Catholic faith or mm-hmm. not. Um, yeah, well, let's say it's it's a it's let's you know let's I mean? say so, there's like a a a nominal Christian who like you know yeah, yeah. let's say it's not an atheist, so <laughs> let's pretend they're not an atheist, but they're not like you know, everyday church and praying, but they're like nominally Christian. Yeah, let's go with right. that. Like they're yeah, nominally. Yeah. So and they're like, where is God? Gen- where is God, Father? Right. I don't see him. Just kind of a general, Yes. you know, the phrase, we walk by faith, not by sight. Um, that if we saw God, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't take as much faith. Mm. Uh, that then we could just, point to him and say oh he's there oh okay i believe all right let's get on with life but when we don't see god he wants to activate our faith i mean he also wants to give us the gift of faith um faith is something uh that we receive uh, and it's also something that we can work to strengthen but it doesn't come from ourselves so you know if you're having trouble believing uh that God is with you or wondering where God is, I would say the first thing you want to do is ask for the gift of faith because we're not going to know God is with us without this gift Mm -hmm. Um, because it doesn't come from ourselves. Um, So yeah, there's a different ways to do that. You know, just you would want to lift up your heart to God and be like, God, uh, I'm struggling, God, I don't understand you, I can't see you, I don't believe you. So turn turn that into like a heartfelt prayer directed to a God. Even tell God, God, I, I'm not even sure I believe if you're real. I feel like I'm talking to myself. We're praying to a blank spot in the universe. <laughs> you know, I want you to, you know, fill that up for me. Like, I say even put God to the test, like, you know, prove to me that you're real. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then that's not going to always, you know, it's not going to happen through, through God becoming incarnate again. So you can see him like he's already done that once, (laughs) like Jesus already came. Uh, 
in born as a man uh jesus of course being true god and true man he became incarnate he became physical he became real in our universe at a certain time at a certain place uh at a certain date in the calendar people saw him and now like our job is to believe that with faith and then share that story um so god is kind of done (laughs) manifesting in his own person and now he's given us the gift of faith to share that with other people um and i would say often if you pray uh when you pray uh for for to know where god is and ask for faith like probably what's going to show up is another person (laughs) (laughs) to tell you uh to walk with you uh, to enlighten you, to answer your questions, to give you struggles to overcome. Um, so is that what you're, is that what you're kind of saying is kind of like that, that, that faith God, God wants us to have that faith. Uh, is it kind of like this analogy as in, let's say, you know, we're, we've all been on the road we've all been late. We all been, you know, driving, maybe not so good. I mean, not the best, uh, you know, my mm-hmm. wife, maybe, maybe my wife. No, no, I don't want to, don't, 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 don't tell that. She'll get mad at me. She's but not maybe, listening. <laughs> she's not listening. No, she, she never <laughs> listens. Um, so let's say you're driving on the road or the highway, whatever. We have speed limits. Now, uh-huh. you know, we're supposed to drive the speed limits. Let's say we're going 65 miles an hour. And so it's almost like our free will that God wants us to have is like, uh, saying, Hey, you know what? It's going to be dangerous if I drive way too fast for this. Let, let me, let me go to speed limit. Let me leap, let people in, let me not cut off people. But it's like, if a cop, if a police officer was following us right behind it, you know, every car on the highway, all of a sudden we're like perfect drivers. All of a sudden, everyone's driving exactly the speed limit. Like to me, I feel, see that analogy. Like if God was like when the people who say, where is God? I don't physically see him. How come he doesn't come down? I don't physically, I want him to manifest in the sky in front of everybody. It's like, if God were to do that, that would pretty much kind of take away our faith and kind of a little bit of a free will because then it would be like that police officer that we see in that marked vehicle with the headlights and all that following us and we would be doing the speed limit. But when the cop is gone, when the police officer is not following us, then we're like, Hmm. okay, how are we really going to act? How are we going to act like that? You know what I mean? Even though we're aware that there might be a cop, you know, just like God, like, you know, we don't see him, but like we know they're around somewhere, but we act Hmm. a lot different. Isn't that true that we act a lot different on the highway or the street versus if we literally see a cop right behind us, then all of a sudden our free, oh, 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 oh. So if God, is that kind of like that? Like if God were to physically manifest, like in the sky, he just comes out, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and he just, is it, is it something like that, that he wants us to rely yeah. on faith? Yeah. Uh, you Fear know. of cops or something. Maybe that wasn't the best. Yeah. Brother well, that, uh, you know, we don't want to we don't want to cast God in the light of like yeah, like Him paying attention to us in order to Riding catch us a ticket. speeding so that yeah. He can give us a ticket. Yeah, yeah. As we don't I mean, put as a, as a the, the ultimate the ultimate uh, ticket giver of the universe. I guess that's what. Yeah, I could see how that. We're, right, like just waiting for us to. Um, and DMV, yeah, so. and hell could be like the DMV. That, I mean, that, that, that part works pretty good. Like, we're at the DMV, <laughs> sure. that's hell, <laughs> yeah. Or when you don't pay your ticket, so yes, now you have to go exactly. to jail or something, yep. yeah. Um, but I think in the, in the concept of like, um, manifesting there was one part himself, of that yeah. analogy that worked though, um, 
me see if I can remember what it was. Um, How we act, like yeah, versus I mean, there, when there somebody's is... watching us. If we knew somebody, oh, oh, the cops literally right there. I see him. Yeah, I not oh, do that's this. the part. Yeah, like the the sort of like the visual part. Yes, like seeing um, him. like seeing the cop uh makes me you know you're gonna act different slow down exactly or whatever. exactly i guess like my understanding of like the the like god calls us not not to see him uh i mean i guess either way like even some of the people at the time of jesus like chose not to love and follow him yes true right so like Very true. even even if god were to manifest again like our hearts would still have to choose to believe based on the gift of faith. Isn't it with, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it even after the resurrection, it says in the Bible that some of them saw, but still not believed. Isn't that, sure. wasn't, wasn't that even after the resurrection that I sure. thought that was so yeah. crazy. I'm like, Whoa, this is after the resurrection. And I remember a line in the Bible said many who saw or something like that, like, but, but not all believed in him. And I was like, Whoa, yeah. how much more can, yeah, I thought that that was really crazy. I thought yeah. that was like, wow. Just to think about that. And also too, I know the church teaches that the, the church teaches that, um, you can, you can come to know God or believe in God intellectually as well, that, that we can come through reason. I, yeah. I think that's what it's called like, through reason you can we can come to know god but yeah i, I mean I, yeah. I think through through reason uh we can know more about god but then i think we need yeah faith in order to like know god as a person mm-hmm. like to yeah. have that relationship because you can yes, have yes, uh yes. you can explain god with all the reason that you can come up with and still not really know like it still hasn't necessarily like touched your heart or given you any change in your True. life. Yeah. Like uh, another analogy, I don't know if this, this might be another horrible one, but <laughs> so, so if you guys think that, you know, maybe there's a fear of cops or anything, we're like, well, how about sky jumping or skydiving? That should be a better one. But uh, mm-hmm. it's almost like sky jumping, like uh, or skydiving. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, the instructor, uh, you've trained with the instructor prior to going on the trip. You know the statistics are very, very good. The chances of dying in a sky jumping accident are statistically very, very, very low. The odds are in, in, in a huge in your favor to survive. You saw mm-hmm. the the backpack being packed. You saw your parachute physically being packed. The inspector checked it, and but right before you jump, and you're thousands and thousands of feet in the air. And you see nothing on the ground. There's so many distance. And right before you're on that plane and the wind's blowing, you still have to jump. You still have to have faith. And you're still going to be afraid. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Why am I afraid? I've seen the statistics. I've been with the trainer. He's the best in the world. I've seen him pack my chute. I know it's good. But yet, yet, unless, you know, usually unless something's weird, something, something might be wrong with you if you don't have fear. But usually most of us are still going to have that fear. Right when we're about to jump out of that plane, we're all still mm. going to have that fear. But yet, I think that's faith. You still have to make that leap, okay, or leap of faith. You still have to make that leap, even though all that stuff that I just went through. So I don't know if that's an mm-hmm. analogy that God gives us yeah. enough. He gives us enough to know, hey, it's not like God's like hiding. Like Obviously, you see it in people. Hello, the church. Jesus didn't establish a religion, Christianity. People think people are like, oh, uh, Jesus established Christian. No, he didn't. That that's wrong. Jesus established a church. 
That's what he did. He established a church. So we see, so God, it's not like God's like hiding. God, we, I see God every day in people. Well, I mean, not every day, but I do see it. I see it, I see it every day in life, whether it be uh, the love I get from my family, whether it be the love that I share with people, whether it be the wind, whether it be the sun shining, that's all of God's creations. So every day I do see love from different elements, you know, whether it be people or nature or just God's presence, love, bringing in prayer, meditation, all that. So God, it's not like God's completely hiding. He gives us the church. He gives us people. So I get what you're saying when, yeah, there's people. So uh, he gives us enough. It's not like he's like, oh, you got to come, you know, I'm going to hide myself to whereas nobody's going to doubt. No, no, no. There are a lot of people that believe in Christianity and believe in God. Uh, but then he keeps it at bay to where it's not overwhelming, where it's not so like, like if literally God just came down right now and you can see him in the sky, uh, which again, he doesn't have a body or anything like that. But if he just manifested like a burning bush and he's just like, look, I'm here. And I think that's what a lot of people atheists but even christians might want that they might be like well why doesn't god just literally talk to me why don't i just literally hear this voice and i think that's mm -hmm. where they're not understanding that balance between god gives you enough you can go to church right now you can go in adoration and go to him you know the eucharist you can go and be in front of the he's there he's right there mm -hmm. but not overshadowing it to whereas like literally manifesting miracles every single day in front of you um, and, and I, I don't know. So is that what, something you would you would kind of lay it on that way or kind of talk about that if you were like on the plane with with a, a kind of like a lukewarm Christian and he's like, where is God? How come I don't see I don't see God anywhere. I don't hear him. Is mm -hmm. that something that you would kind of lean towards? The skydiving analogy is, is maybe getting closer. <laughs> I'm getting, um, getting closer. Getting... <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it might be a place to start, like, you know, in a conversation on an airplane. It's like, well. I mean, especially if someone has skydived, but like if they haven't, what yeah. have you ever thought about it? Like, okay, yeah, it might be fun. Okay. Um, so you do, you know, you do your training, you know, you go through the resources, you see the guy pack the shoot, whatever, and you get up there and <laughs> your heart's racing and you're starting to second guess. It's like, yeah. well, what do you do? Um, yeah. And I think that, uh, <clears throat> that the, like the word for like going through with skydiving might not be faith mm -hmm. but probably more like trust uh but like letting uh because i think when we talk about faith i think it, it needs like if we're going to be precise with our words and our reason i think faith usually has to deal with like believing in god mm -hmm. um but like if you would you know trust in the in the parachute and in the process yeah. and take that jump um, you know, that could be, a, I think, at a yeah, a decent analogy for like, OK, uh, you're at your day to day life. Uh, you're feeling desperate. Um, you know, you've seen other people go to church, but like you don't or something you like, well, you still have to make that choice. Are you going to jump off the plane or are you going to stay on the plane? Um, so, uh, yeah, I think faith would allow us to take that jump to be believe that there is is a god and that god is with me and mm -hmm. is speaking to me yeah. even though i can't see him physically or i don't hear him audibly mm -hmm. um well what about other signs of god's presence yeah you know if you're a nature person uh you know i'm living out here in colorado like just driving i, I just go up the next street and i turn right and i have this like amazing view of pike's peak wow and it's like 
some days it's like we had a lot of fires this summer so it was pretty smoky and it was like eh, you know it looks kind of yeah. like man is like uh you know crowding out things mm. but like last week after it got cooler and it rained and there was this day and i drove up and it was like the, sh- the sun was shining on it and the sky was clear i'm just like wow like okay god like sorry not to believe good, when you see good, something like good that, job yeah. you know or if mm-hmm. you're uh, a lot of people are into pets and animals like you know pick up a little puppy and like, tell me that God doesn't exist. Right? <laughs> yeah. Or, <laughs> or good music. Uh, or, you ever hear music yeah, and you're like, what is that? Or, what is that? Like uh, no an- other animals don't get emotionally moved by us, right. but just some sounds and music and instruments and noises right. and human voices. Like what is yeah. music to me is like intrinsic to me. That's like a, yeah. I wouldn't use that as a big argument, you know, to the, I wouldn't put it at one of the top sure. reasons. Yeah. These are why like God smaller exists. things. Yeah. But these yeah, are small, smaller little, signs of God's presence. Yes. Yeah. Or like uh watch like a little kid like just yeah, you know, like pick up a dandelion and like leap for joy at mm-hmm. like watching the little things fall off of it, you know? It's like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so these could be other uh simpler uh signs of God's presence in our life even if we're not going to see God like, you know, rip open the skies in front of us and come down and walk around and say, "Hey, look at me. I'm God." Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because there's something there's something special about the like the gift of faith that God wants to give us. Um, you know, again, we walk by faith, not by sight. And like, I think I want to relate that back to even the people that did see Jesus, like before his resurrection or after his resurrection in his resurrected body. Even for some of those people, even the sight wasn't enough. Yeah. And then for the people who the sight was enough, even they needed faith. <laughs> mm. yep. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Or Doubting Thomas. You know, we know the story of Doubting Thomas uh, puts the fingers in the wombs, you know, that. So, yeah. Sure. Until so, I see. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think that's he, really. Even when he saw, he still needed the gift of faith. Yeah. <laughs> and he still, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you still need that. And I think that's a good, I think that would be a good thing to tell somebody on, on, the, on an airplane or elevator. So I think that's a very good takeaway. We should all take away listening, take away yeah. that. Also, the other takeaway we should take is never go skydiving with me because I'm going to uh, uh, make you afraid. <laughs> Don't go skydiving with me because I'm yeah. like, well, you know, all this, I'm going to just freak you out. So that's, I think that's another takeaway we can do. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so, so I, have, I have one more. Sure, like, sure. Uh, yes. Excellent. Please. I would want to say, like, please. Yes. Uh, especially if somebody had, uh, like at least some appreciation for, uh, or an openness to Catholicism and like some appreciation for the saints. Uh, cause like one of the biggest, uh, I don't know about biggest, something we learn from the saints, you know, when they teach us about God's presence and faith is that, uh, you know, it, so depending, again, depending on who the person is asking this question, like, you know, was I would ask the person, like, well, was there ever a time where you did feel close to God? Uh, uh, they might say, oh, yeah, well, like, uh, after college, I had this conversion, and uh, I started going to church more, and then I found my wife, and we had kids, but then, you know, after my six-year-old died in the car accident, it just felt like God left me, Yeah, and I was angry. So the saints teach us that, like, God... Uh, when we start our relationship with God, like God kind of gives us like cookies and treats, you know, and like good feelings. And he gives us consolation and prayer and he makes scripture come alive and uh, he fills our hearts with joy. Like we want to go to church and like all that is great, right? Like, thank oh, you, yeah. God, like for all those gifts. 
Yeah. But then, you know, God wants free love. Uh, he wants us to, to choose to love him. So uh, oftentimes what the saints tell us is that God will begin to take away some of the cookies. Right? Like, uh, we don't want to read scripture anymore. Yeah. Uh, when we pray the rosary, you know, it just seems like wasted time and I'm distracted all the time. Uh, I go to church and I can't pay attention. You know, my, my six-year-old died in this car accident or my mom got COVID when she was only, you know, 52 or whatever. And then so these bad things happen. And we start to make feel depression. And we start to feel separated from God. Yeah. Well, like, you know, those aren't uh, punishments and they aren't uh, that God's not angry with us. Um, those are like tests of real love. Like God says, I know I, you, I, you've shown me that you love me when things are good. You know, you've shown me that you'll go to church, you know, when I'm filling you with consolation. Yeah. Now I'm going to slowly take those things away. To Desolation. Still love yeah. to see if you love me or if you love the good feeling that you get when you go to church. Job. Right. Yeah. So God wants to start purify our hearts. Uh, so that we don't just love the cookies <laughs> that God gives us, but that we actually love God and are in relationship with God, even when the times uh, of suffering. Uh, and I think the ultimate example of this is Jesus. You know, uh, Jesus Amen. was God's only beloved son. And eventually he got to this point uh, where he had to carry the cross, you know, where he had to go through uh, mockery, he had to go through shame. Mm physical pain, all these things. So mm -hmm. if like, if even the most beloved son of God has to suffer and uh, feel separated from God, you know, we shouldn't expect anything better of ourselves. But if we can persevere, you know, through those dark times, through the loss, through the feelings of separation, we'll realize that that, right, they were just that. They were just feelings that we were actually like God was carrying us and close to us the whole time. Yes, I like how you said feelings because that was the, the the part what I was talking about is like is like yeah like when sometimes if you just have doubts, like you know like uh, like if you're just there and again intellectually, uh, like how there is no God is just it's it's unfathomable to me. Like I can't think of universe that creates itself. I can't think of an, uh, contingent things, uh, you know, making other contingent. There has to be one that has actuality that needs no actuality from anything else, you know? So, so I understand uh, the unmoved mover and, and the, the, the first cause uncalled all that. Like I, I believe in that. Um, but like, despite that, the, like you said, like feelings, sometimes mm. all of a sudden you'll just get a random feeling like, Oh, what if, what if I'm mm. wrong? And I think a lot of Christians could take it two ways. I think they can can have those feelings and then I think beat themselves up and like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I had one little feeling of, of doubt. Like, mm -hmm. and, and I think some Christians might just cut off and might be like, oh no, I've never have. And it's like, well, I, I think some do. And then on the other side, I think people take it extreme to where they can't do the leap of faith. They can't, you know, jump out of the plane because they're like, oh, but what if, what if we're wrong? What if, what if there is no God? What if that, what if that? And I think they take it to the extreme as where it blocks them from receiving the grace, you know, like a, like a foggy, dirty mirror 
uh, it needs to be clean. You need to clean it so it can shine through. The light could shine through. God could shine through the grace. You need to be receptive, open to the graces, you know, because God's grace is free, but are we receptive, you know? And so I think uh, those are two extremes uh, that Christians mm. might take is so much doubt and fear that they say, you know what, I can't make a decision, almost like Netflix syndrome. Have you ever been looking at Netflix and you spend like 30 minutes or 40, I would mm. literally just watch trailers of movies just to see it was good. And then finally, <laughs> after 30, 40 minutes, I pick a movie, 10 minutes into the movie, I'm immediately uh, remorse. I'm like, I shouldn't have picked this movie. I should have picked the other movie. And I think that lets Christians, because they're like, well, what about this? Well, okay, well, what about this? Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, my goodness. Oh, that's a good argument. But then there's one little tiny, oh, you know, I don't know about that. You know what? I, I, I'm just going to be agnostic. I'm just going to be agnostic and just say mm. maybe there. And, and, again, the other side, too, it's like where they're like, oh, my goodness, if I have, a, a, like, a tiny little thought or, or feeling of, like, doubt, like, oh, man, I'm going through suffering. I'm going through whatever. Even if you're not and you're just there, you're like, Oh man, what if what if you're not there, God, or what if you're not the real God? Like, I think they take it too much, and I know I've uh, had been guilty of that, uh, of where I have like a tiny bit of down, just a what if, and then I'm like, oh my mm. goodness, like what is it? A thousand questions doesn't mm. make one doubt, or something like that. And somebody mm -hmm. said uh, somebody converted from from Islam to to the Catholicism, and uh, one of the things that helped them is the lady was like. You know what helped me convert to Catholicism is is obviously Jesus and the church, but also is that you guys were willing, where you guys were telling me ask questions. It's okay to ask questions because in in her religion, and again, I'm not saying all Islam, but wherever sure. she got it from, wherever her teachers were, whatever they said that she's asking too many questions and just oh, just don't don't ask that question. It's mystery, whatever. Mm -hmm. And of course, we do we do have mysteries, the Trinity, but that doesn't mean. Oh, it's a mystery. Don't think about it. No, we still think about it. You know, the, the one what and three who's, we still think about it. And ultimately, it is a mystery. But uh, the the Catholic Church, she was so, she liked that, that that helped her is because the Catholic Church was like, ask us questions. Ask us questions. Don't, don't be afraid sure. of doubt. And she was like, where I came from, like, they just said, yeah. I would have a question. Like, what about this? Oh, be quiet. Don't, don't even ask that. Even yeah. some uh, fundamental Christianities do the same thing. I've heard it mm. from them, too. They're like, oh, don't, don't even question that. And that's what she mm. liked about Catholicism. We have 2,000 years of rich, you know, Fulton Sheen and Aquinas and Augustine. Sure. We have so many of these rich, rich, uh, even even uh, um, uh, St. John Paul, uh, John Paul II, these great theologians that thought about this stuff in the church who have thousands of your knowledge. So asking questions is good. I always tell people, yeah, ask questions. <laughs> Again, just just don't go far extremes, but like when, when, when Christians have that doubt, uh, what's something you can say to help them to not veer to the opposite extremes when they have those feelings of doubt or thoughts that they doubt and they consider them Christians to kind of keep them balanced and not let them go astray, uh, to one extreme to the other. Yeah. So let me, let me first see if I can put your it's too early for all this stuff I'm giving you some well, deep no, theological like, these yeah. <laughs> yeah this is a tough know, subject just, like uh, this is crazy subject yeah. man so um, i guess i'm trying to understand exactly like the extremes are if i have one if i doubt at all 
then it's like uh, like a mortal sin almost. And if you sure, have one doubt, I'm bad and I'm yeah. Wrong. And then the okay. other ones, if you the have other extreme, the other extreme is so many. You have doubts that you just literally you can't pick the Netflix. You're agnostic. Well, I, I'm not an atheist, but I'm not a Christian. I'm just gonna be agnostic. Uh, okay. I'm just, you know what I mean. You know those people. So, they're like yeah. I'm just agnostic. Like Netflix okay. syndrome. I don't know what to choose. So I'm not gonna yeah, pick yeah, anything. Yeah. There's too many choices. So I'm just not gonna pick nothing. Sure. Those are to me. To, to, again, to me, just in my opinion, those are two extremes that I see. Yeah. Yeah. And those aren't maybe like extremes of each other, but they might be like extremes of behavior. Yeah. Mm, so I was yeah. trying to put them on a spectrum, mm-hmm. but I don't really think they are. Mm. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, some some people are are, are quite sensitive and, uh, you know, having a, a sort of strong or even a mild like doubt um can make people feel sinful. Uh, I think it's mo- yeah. Yeah, I and it can feel dirty and like, you know, oh, I've upset God mm, by yeah, yes. by doubting this or yeah. you know, not paying attention in mass or whatever it may be. Um uh, yeah, something I've tried to focus on recently is um differentiating between like emotions and actions or like mm-hmm. feelings and actions. So like uh, feelings are going to come and go. We really can't control them. It's more about what we do with them. Like sometimes people will confess like, well, I was angry. Mm. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. okay, what did you, what did you do when you were angry? Oh, nothing. You know, it's like, okay, well, that's not a sin. Like mm, it's not a yeah. sin to be like Jesus was angry, right? Yeah. Have you read John chapter two? Like, yeah. Or, uh, chapter one i think even where he cleanses the temple yeah uh like right dude was angry (laughs) but what did he do when he was angry okay like so jesus is maybe not the best example because he's uh free from sin so he can uh he can act in in all his emotions in a way that's not going to be sinful but he had a righteous anger and he was god so he can act like that so just being angry is not sinful but what do you do when you're sinful so the comparison would be like having a doubt is not sinful but what did you do when you had that doubt did you talk to someone did you make a phone call did you pray did you read the scripture did you look for the question to your answer did you say god i'm sorry take away this doubt show me what i need to know so that would look about what you know I understand that it feels like you've done something wrong, yeah. but we need to look more about what your actions were uh, after the doubt. So, mm. you know, if you would say, oh, I didn't do anything, I just let the doubt take me over, and now I don't believe. Okay, well, that's a sin of omission. Like, you mm. should have done something to counteract that doubt uh, by looking mm. uh, for an answer or praying for help or something. Um, and then I guess the other extreme of, like, sort of like Christianity overload, you know, it's like, okay, well, there's whatever 30,000, 50,000 denominations and I can drive down the street and I see eight different, you know, Christian churches, mm-hmm. you know, they can't all be right, whatever. So, so I'm not going to choose anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Forget about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, non-committal, I guess of, that that's another, yeah, well, that's like, a, non-committal, a, for like, me, oh. it's a sign of a couple things. It's like, um, I mean, it's the same thing as like going to, walmart you know uh there's like <laughs> yeah. you know well there's like ten thousand breakfast cereals now or there's <laughs> you know it's or you know like your your example of netflix it's like okay there's a hundred and fifty thousand movies at my fingertip and i yeah. can't decide what to watch you yeah. know and i think we've just become so 
you know, our society has equated uh, freedom with options. Mm. And just having options does not make us free. Yeah. Uh, freedom means the ability to make a choice and stick with it. Uh, so it's just kind of a misunderstanding of that, you know. So obviously mm, I would want I someone like to pick Catholicism and stick with Catholicism. Yeah. But, you know, for the person that can't decide, for the person that's frozen from action because of so many options, I would say just start somewhere. Like yeah. pick one, like go to the closest church. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then pray about it. Did you like it? Does it feel like God is calling you here? You know, we're whatever, you know, uh, don't just go, uh, for the best music and the best sound or the, you know, the church where I can drink coffee in the church, you know, like don't go for these kind <sighs> of trivial reasons, but really yeah. see, you know, really ask God to lead you where he wants you to be. Um, and then just, just you, you, you got to take the first step because if you let the number of options freeze you, then you're not free. You're um, paralyzed yeah. because of options. What is it like analysis by paralysis, you know, or like freedom is not the ability to choose what you want. It's the ability to choose what you ought. And I think we can get into that like analysis paralysis where we can't make our non-committal you see that from a lot of you know uh, millennials or gen z or gen x or whatever i can't mm-hmm. travel they're like a lot of people aren't getting married because they're like well because there might be another girl better for me oh you know what if i get in a relationship oh there's somebody else better for me oh if i get oh there's somebody else better for me divorce whatever mm-hmm. uh casual relationships like there's a non I, I hear it from people there's a non-commitment the marriage rate down so i see that as that like well i'm just going to be agnostic oh well there's buddhism there's i'm just going to be spiritual I'm just <laughs> spiritual, which means nothing. Right. They're like, they take a little bit of Christianity, a little bit of Buddhism, a little bit of yoga, and they just like, I'm just spiritual, one with the spirit. And it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> it's very non committal. It's a very millennial slash Gen yeah. Z, Gen Y. Gen... So, yeah, but those are excellent, excellent, excellent uh, answers that you gave us, uh, Brother Brandon. Excellent, excellent. I, I, I'm really going to. Uh, enjoy mulling these over about what you said about those going to those two extremes or what you should do if you're ever find yourself in those two and then also too if you ever find yourself like mm-hmm. where is god where's the presence uh this was excellent and again this topic yeah. is a recurring topic it's almost like you know uh, the historicity of jesus or or about you know what i mean like the the god's uh-huh. uh, atonement theology or this is a recurrent suffering the the problem of evil the doubt this is one that's a recurring thing that's going to pop up many many times and down the road we're looking for forward to having this discussion again hitting it from different angles but i like this mm-hmm. this little just off the cuff little bit of of getting a, a peek of of the rich the rich ideas and theology of the church and 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 what people other humans and people could could talk about and people are going through these and struggling or whatever so john henry newman uh, 10,000 difficulties do not make one doubt. There you go. Yeah, yeah John Henry Newman. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, no but problem. man, again, uh, missed having you on the show. Uh, we look forward yeah. to doing it again, man. Hope everything's going great. I've been praying for you. I'll continue to pray for you, everybody listening. If you couldn't pray for uh, Brother Brandon, pray for me. Pray for um, the world in general. But uh, if you keep us in your prayers, and hopefully uh, what you're doing down in Denver is is catching on and on fire, and uh, the Lord blesses you. So thank you for coming on the show. I very much appreciate it. Uh, you have no idea how much I appreciate it. Um, 
yeah, this has been Jenny Flexing. I am Roger. That is Brother Brandon. Is there any last thing that you wanted to say? Anything you wanted to shout out or anything you wanted to, uh, to leave us with? The name of your show, Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. So, because um, we were saying about the about the woman who had come from a Muslim background mm-hmm. and where they were off, she was often told, like, don't ask that question yes. or, you know, even, you know, different Christ, uh, Christian denominations. Yeah, they say, do that like, too. It's just the way it is. Don't ask. So that's, uh, you know, that's what's so beautiful about being Catholic. Yes. Like we always want to apply uh, faith and reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like if it's not reasonable, then we probably shouldn't have faith in it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, good name and uh, good good practice to live by. Um, and I have my own little anecdote. There's a, a person I know who also came from a Muslim background, and uh, he would often ask questions. And he was told he would he would often be told like that's just the way the prophet did it. Don't ask any more questions. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like uh, kind of a shutting off to reason. Yes. Um, and as Catholics, yeah, we're blessed to uh, always want to keep that door open. So. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yes, yeah. that's very, yeah, I couldn't agree with you anymore. And that's one thing I love about the church is it's so rich with reason and, and, and the contributions to the Western yeah. civilization, science, the contributions, <laughs> all this stuff. So amazing. People think science and, 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 and faith and reason are opposed and they're not, they're not uh, faith yeah. working with reason. Excellent. Uh, anyone's yeah. ever you know, heard? You know yes. what we should do? Or maybe you already have this plan, but we should do uh, a geekdom on doubt. Hmm. Because there's, no, a, I mean, no, there's a, there's excellent. a whole, there's a whole movie called Doubt that came out not too long oh, ago that I haven't I, seen in a while. Philip Seymour Hoff, I believe. I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure. He's, I, he's a, I think he's even, a passed uh, away. Yeah. I think even Amy Adams or somebody. Mm, yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I haven't seen it, but I, I, I believe yeah. if, if I'm thinking about the correct one, I think it's with Philip Seymour mm-hmm. Hoff, the actor who passed away. Yeah, two he years plays ago. a, he plays the priest. Yes, I, mm-hmm. I know, I. I never seen it, but I know of the movie. That I, that's yeah. a good idea. And then you're gonna make yeah. me want to watch that now. And yes, I, that should yeah. be excellent. So again, right. once again, that has been Brother Brandon, and I am Roger. Thank you for joining us for Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. If you can please uh, share and 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 hit us up on on, on on the social medias or whatever. Also, too, your your podcast, um, uh, the Brothers Hut. The Brothers Hub, yep. you guys check that out uh, with Vinny. Yes, I was going to say Vincent. Or, oh, yeah, is that the same? It, yeah. yeah, there you go, Vincent. That's yeah. why I was like, Brother Vincent, Vincent. yes. Yeah, yeah, check that out on the, the Brothers Hut podcast. Oh, man, thank you guys. Godspeed. <laughs>